What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. And today, we've got another Q&A episode for you. These are actually becoming my favorites because you guys ask great questions. Um, I'm impressed with the feedback every single week, the questions every single week. Um, I love that we decided to go to three episodes per week and make one of them a Q&A. It's been a lot of fun because it tells me exactly what you guys are struggling with, what you want to learn about, and it's just been well-received so far. So if you continue to enjoy the Q&As, then please follow me on Instagram so you can jump into the question box every single week that I post on my stories. So you just have to follow me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And when I post the podcast Q&A story, you can jump in and ask whatever question you want. So I've got a handful of questions that I'm going to cover today. If I don't get to your question, I apologize. I try to make these short and sweet, but um, yeah. And as always, you can leave any sort of feedback uh, in my DMs if you are enjoying it, if you're not enjoying it, whatever the case may be, I am all ears because the ultimate goal is to provide as much value as I can, to reach as many people as I can, and to continue the growth that we've been on, which has been incredible and is not possible without my loyal fam and listeners. So I appreciate you. All right, let's jump right in. Starting with the first question, which is, how can I increase my metabolism to prepare for fat loss? It's almost like somebody who follows me (laughs) realizes that your metabolism is kind of a big deal. And I was actually giving this example earlier today. So it's kind of funny, the timing of this question. If you were trying to get to a destination, right? You were trying to drive somewhere. Let's say you wanted to drive across the country. You wanted to take a road trip and your starting point was the East Coast and you want to get to the West Coast and you're all ready to go. You get into a car that has no gas, that needs an oil change, and that has the parking brake on. That car is probably not going to be the best solution to get you across the country. Not very efficiently. I don't know how you would do it. Maybe you could push it. It would not be the most effective strategy. And this is exactly what you are doing when you try to diet without restoring your metabolic health. Without priming your metabolism, you are essentially getting into a car with no gas that needs an oil change, that needs to put the parking brake down. That's it's essentially what's happening. If you are trying to diet and you're not losing weight, if you are in a theoretical calorie deficit and you're not losing weight, that's a red flag. That means you're probably trying to reach a destination with no gas. So it would stand to reason that we should put some motherfucking gas in the tank, right? Let's let's fill up the gas tank. That is why this is so important. When you address your metabolism, when you prime your metabolism, fat loss actually becomes easy. It's like driving across the country in a car with a full tank of gas. Now, it doesn't mean that the drive is going to be all smooth sailing. That doesn't mean that you're not going to have to refill the tank on your drive. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have some speed bumps along the way. All of those things will happen, but it's much more effective to fill that tank 
with gas. So how do you do it? You do it through a number of different ways. You do it through eating an adequate amount of food based off of your individual needs and everybody's different. So before you ask me, what are my needs? If you need to know your individual needs, you should reach out to me and we should have a conversation about one-on-one coaching because that's the most effective way to go about this. You would be eating a proper quality of food. So understanding that quantity matters, but quality also matters. So most of your choices are high quality, nutrient-dense foods, making sure that you're getting in your veggies, your fruits, enough protein, healthy fats, quality carbs. Your food choices are solid. Along those lines, you want to make sure you're also getting in enough protein. So quantity and overall calories, but also quantity and getting in enough protein. And an easy place to start is about 0.8 to 1 grams per pound of body weight. So for myself, I'm about 190 pounds. I eat about 200 grams of protein, which is just a little bit over one gram per pound. If you are significantly under that, gradually work your way up. You don't have to make the leap all at once. Just gradually increase your protein over time. That is a great way to increase your metabolism. You also want to um, get in enough fiber as well. So quality matters, quantity matters, protein matters. Fiber definitely helps uh, just from a digestion, gut health, and also from a thermic effect can add a little bit as well. You want to try to build some muscle. The best way to increase your metabolism is to increase muscle mass. It is the most metabolically active tissue in the body. It is like pure gold for your metabolism. So the reason why muscle building is so beneficial, and I'm not going to talk about like the actual benefits from a physiological standpoint, like living longer and being stronger and more confident and all that stuff. It may, it's so beneficial because the act and the process of building muscle has so many other benefits outside of just the muscle that you build. Like the actual process of trying to get stronger in the gym, the actual process of needing proper recovery, of needing to eat enough, of focusing on protein, on focusing on your intensity and focus in the gym, all of those things are so beneficial for a million different reasons, more so, I would say, psychologically than anything else. But the physiological, the metabolic benefits, um, of course, are important. But for me, it's more the fact that you're focusing on something that's really empowering and you're taking your mind off of the scale and you know losing weight and always trying to be less. It's just shifting your focus for a period of time that can be so beneficial. You also want to manage stress the biggest way to kill your metabolism is to be overly stressed. So any ways that you can mitigate stress, whether that's walking more, whether that's meditation, getting enough sleep, um, self-care like journaling and massage therapy and whatever else, stretching, yoga, all the things that can manage and mitigate stress, absolutely you want to do it. Adequate recovery for sure makes a difference. And then the last thing is training. Uh, you don't want to be overtraining. You don't want to be doing too much cardio. Um, so you you want to be, you know, in a place where you're training consistently. Ideally, prioritizing strength training. If we're talking about 
from a metabolic standpoint, the benefits there. And then you want to be recovering effectively. So not overtraining, not doing too much cardio, making sure that you're fresh for each session. In my opinion, neurotype training does this better than anything else out there, um, just because it's way more effective to work with your brain chemistry versus fighting against it. From a neurological standpoint, uh, the recovery is a lot easier. It's not as stressful to work against your to, it's not as stressful to work with your nature than it is to work against your nature. So those are all the ways that you can increase your metabolism to make fat loss easier. That's how you fill up the tank with gas so you can make that trek across the country without much problem. It should be pretty easy if you do this appropriately. Next question. What is your experience coaching habitual overeating slash emotional eating and weight loss goals. Um, so there's, it's a great question. There's a lot to unpack here because habitual overeating and emotional eating, uh, there's, there's two different things, right? Two different things to address. Why is the emotional eating? Like, what's the root of that? Why is it happening? And there's several different things to unpack there, um, but it could be for any number of reasons. It could be a, a learned behavior like from a young age, you coped with emotions through food or it was instilled in you because your parents coped with emotions through food. It could be a uh, way to manage stress. It can be something that, um, you know, again, it's just, it, it's out of habit. It's out of, you know, this mindless act of uh, eating out of emotion. There's, there's all these different reasons. So we want to get to the root of why it's happening. And then what we want to do is, first of all, not beat ourselves up and understand that food, it doesn't make you a bad person if you eat emotionally. It's a perfectly normal coping mechanism. Now, what we want to try to do is address the root cause and then come up with a process to interject and to develop a different pattern. Because when you do something over and over and over again, there's this neurological wiring that happens and, and you don't even think about it. It just, something is triggering and then you have an action and then you just do it without even thinking. It's like a subconscious reaction. So we want to bring it to the surface. We want to bring it to your conscious mind. Essentially, we want to add an interjection point. So we're disrupting that pattern and we're trying to instill a new pattern. What that would look like is anytime you are in the process or you're going to you know, eat out of emotion, if you can pause and count to 10 or count to 20 or add some kind of, kind of delay between the emotion, the thought, and the actual action. And it also helps to get out of that environment. A change of environment will disrupt that neurological signaling. So it kind of brings you to this new place of conscious choice. Now, the conscious choice may very well be to go back into the kitchen and eat as a way of dealing with emotions. That's totally fine. The goal is to be aware of it and to interject and to start developing a new pattern. Now, the last piece of that is you need something else that helps you to cope with the emotions. Because if you just pause and if you just change your environment, that might help a little bit, but you haven't actually dealt with the emotions. So there needs to be some other act 
preferably like going for a walk, um, but you can do anything. You could write, you can, you know, it looks different for everybody. But if you go for a walk, you do some journaling, um, you throw on a podcast, whatever it is, something that allows you meditate, something that allows you to, to just be with your emotions, witness them, accept them, and then watch them pass by because emotions are transient. They don't last forever. They come and go. You're just trying to delay enough and give yourself a different way of coping that's a little bit more productive. Now, once again, if your coping mechanism is food and you make that choice, that is okay. It's important that you don't beat yourself up over that. It's fine. It doesn't make you a bad person. It wasn't the wrong decision. You know, There's no right or wrong here. We're just trying to add tools into our toolbox. So one tool that we have is food. Another tool is adding that pause, getting out of that environment, and going for a walk, right? And it's just, which one do we feel better doing? Which one makes us feel better in the long run? And then continuing to make that choice until that becomes second nature. That's really the best way to manage it. Now, when you say habitual overeating, habitual overeating, that might you know, we don't know what the source of, of habitual overeating is. Now, the source of it might be, again, it could be instilled behaviors. It could be kind of mindless habits. It could be out of stress and under eating at certain times. And then you're just you know really ravenous and then that causes overeating. So kind of the restrict and binge cycle. So we have to get to the root cause. One of the things that really helps is let's make sure you're eating enough first. Isn't it interesting how that's the first step for most things? Make sure that you're eating enough. And I know that there's people out there and they're like, well, everybody is is fat and they just eat too much and they need to stop eating. Like, I am a big believer in the fact that it's more so being told that you always have to be eating less that causes us to constantly diet and constantly restrict and constantly deprive ourselves. And that sends people into a worse place. Now, don't get me wrong. There are absolutely some individuals that literally don't give a fuck about their health and they just, you know, they eat shit quality food and they overeat. And that's, that's their choice. Okay. That doesn't make them bad people. But in my experience, if we stop focusing on the constant restriction and deprivation, most people make really good choices when they are given the freedom and they are given the awareness and the understanding of what makes them feel their best. Like feeling like crap is not fun. And we've been, it's been instilled in us for so many years to constantly eat less, to lose fat, to constantly deprive, restrict, don't eat these foods, don't eat at these times. It's overwhelming and it's confusing. And that's why starting from a place of why don't we actually ensure that there's balance, that you're eating enough, that you're eating the right quality of foods. And oftentimes doing that alone stops the overeating because there's more consistency across the board. There's more balance across the board. It's not this constant uh, you know, seesaw of, of low, high, low, high. It's just consistency, balance. Now, if there is a habitual kind of mindless overeating you know, situation that's happening, same exact process. We just want to disrupt the current behavior. We want to interject with something new, you know, taking that pause, getting out of that environment. Um, you know, there could be issues going on with stress that need to be addressed, uh, getting somebody to kind of 
you know, get reacquainted with their body signals, understanding what hunger feels like, understanding what fullness feels like, all of these different things. So um, that's my experience. That's my suggestion. Now, as it pertains to weight loss goals, yeah, we got to address that stuff um, because it's going to make it frustrating if somebody is like so hyper-focused on the weight loss without addressing these things first, which is why I say all the time, mindset first, always. Your thoughts around food, uh, you know, your mindset in general, that has to be addressed. Otherwise, the physical results are not going to last or they're not going to be enough. They're not going to be fulfilling. It's not going to give you what you thought it would. So that's what I have to say about that one. <laughs> Next question. Struggling to lose fat, 1,416 calories for eight months. Should I do a diet break or reverse for a while? Um, so kind of one in the same, I would say both. <laughs> I would say get your calories up, take a diet break. Um, so start the reverse process, start the metabolic priming process, get back to homeostatic balance and chill there for a while. Uh, 1,460 is not very many calories. That shouldn't, you know, if you're eating that for eight months and you're struggling, yeah, that's a big red flag. Um, eight months is a long time to be eating that little. So I would say absolutely get your calories up, spend some time at maintenance, and then things should be a lot easier and a lot more efficient. Why is there such a mental struggle around the tummy fluff, <laughs> the tummy fluff, I like it, that comes with bulking? Um, <laughs> the tummy fluff with bulking. Uh, so here's the thing. Bulking can be mentally challenging more so than fat loss. I did a whole episode on my struggles with bulking. Now, granted, you don't have to gain a bunch of weight when you bulk. I think that the phrase bulking has gotten kind of misinterpreted. I prefer saying like, I'm going through a building phase, like building muscle, um, a growing phase, like you're trying to grow your muscles. Uh, you know, Building, I think, works well because we can talk about building strength. We can talk about building muscle. We can talk about building um, your metabolism. All of these things can be you know, done through a building phase. You don't have to you know, get fluffy through that process. It can be a lot slower if you want to be more patient and, and do things a little bit more calculated. Now, if you are trying to gain muscle and you're noticing that your definition is fading a little bit and your clothes are starting to get a little tighter, um, you can do the same thing, like the same way that you would take a diet break if you were cutting the same thing is um, possible on the flip side. If you are going through a muscle building phase and you're starting to feel a little bit of fullness, usually it's just from water retention and food in your system. So you start to feel a little bit more fluffy, even though it's probably not real. Um, again, this is why having a coach is so valuable because we can tell if you're gaining unnecessary body fat versus if you're just in your own head. Now, if you're actually gaining body fat, we can you know, dial it back. We can make adjustments. If it's just in your head, sometimes a week, like you would do a diet break, a week at lower calories just to reset and then go back into your, your building phase can really be helpful from a psychological standpoint. So um, you just got to commit to the process, but it does help if you know what you're doing and if you have some guidance along the way. So as with everything, when you try to do this on your own, it's really challenging and it's just so much more efficient 
to have a coach. Um, I know I probably sound like a broken record, but I mean, I'm a walking testimony of that. And we have literally thousands at this point of people who can say the same thing. A lot of times with our clients, it's like they fought it for so long and they were like, yeah, I hear you, but yeah, it makes sense. But, and then six months later, they finally joined. They're like, I can't believe I waited that long. Like I wasted six months that I could have been making progress. And that, you know, here's the reality. Sometimes we just have to learn the hard way. So if you are that person and you're still saying like, no, I'm going to keep doing it on my own. Cool. Eventually you'll realize the time that it's going to save you to offload that mental energy and that stress and to do things more efficiently. Um, But it's obviously your decision. But if you're doing this on your own, and you feel like you're getting in your own head, just take a week at lower calories and then get right back into your building phase. But you do want to keep an eye on on things and make sure that you're not gaining too much unwanted body fat. Um, All right. Last question. This is my favorite question is to you, what are the main things that make a good coach? I could do a whole episode just on this topic. (laughs) but And the answer might surprise you. I would say number one, above anything else. I don't care how much you know about nutrition. I don't care how much you know about training. I don't care how much education you have. I don't care about any of that. Number one is you must be an effective communicator. If there is one skill set that anybody out there who's a coach listening to this should try to master, it is effective communication. And with that, you should be listening way more than you are talking. Because as coaches, we love to show off how much we know. We love to drop knowledge bombs, be like, I'm the smartest coach out there. Most of coaching is about listening and asking really good questions. Because if you can listen and ask good questions, ideally, the client will come to their own conclusion, right? Like, I don't have to tell a lot of people who come to work with us the importance of metabolic priming. I can just ask questions. I can say, like, you've tried all of these 1200 calorie protocols before, right? Yes. And have they worked long term? No. Is your goal to achieve your result and sustain it? Yes. Do you think that another 1200 calorie diet is going to accomplish that for you? No. Great. Do you think that we should? probably restore your body's ability to lose body fat on way more calories. Yes. Great. Do you think it would be more fun if you had flexibility, if you had freedom, if you had energy? Yes. Cool. Their decision, not mine. I'm just guiding them there. So as a coach, learn how to effectively communicate, listen, and ask good questions. Now, you definitely have to know your shit. It's important that you have the knowledge to back it up, but that's the easy part. Uh, I, I think the difficult part is being an effective communicator and understanding how to connect with people. Uh, you know, we're, you know, coaching is is just it's so personal. It's very vulnerable. There's a lot of emotion involved. Uh, so understanding how to connect, how to relate, understanding the balance between compassion and tough love, understanding personalities and what motivates people and and certain behavior tendencies. All of that. Is so critical. Um, I always tell the story like I used to to work for a company, and there was a coach there who was one of the smartest human I've ever met. Like when it comes to just straight up like knowledge and reciting research and studies and 
absolutely brilliant, could tell you all the details that you never wanted to know about, you know, human physiology, like truly like a, a just walking knowledge bomb. He was one of the least effective coaches that I've ever seen that I've ever worked with. It wasn't because he was a bad person. It wasn't because he wasn't smart. It wasn't because he didn't know a lot. He just was not effective at communicating and connecting to people. And, and that was it. He just, there was, a, there was a disconnect there. And even though he knew his shit, he knew a lot, he just wasn't that good of a coach. So it often doesn't come down to how much you know. It comes down to how well you can communicate, how well you can connect to others, how well you can listen and ask good questions. The knowledge part of it, you know, that's a, that definitely is necessary, but I would say that's the easy part. It's just like fat loss, right? It's, it's, it's a parallel. The actual physical stuff is the easy part. The hard part is the mindset. It's the, you know, realizing all of the stuff that you've done that needs to be repaired in terms of your metabolism. It's like playing the long game. It's the delaying gratification, getting out of the all or nothing mindset, the, you know, perfectionist tendencies, all that stuff, improving your relationship with food. That's the challenging part. The actual process of losing body fat and keeping it off is really not that complicated. It becomes complicated because of that other stuff that is difficult, just like coaching. Coaching is really easy. Being a good communicator is challenging. Understanding how to connect to people and how to be a good listener and how to not just like word vomit onto clients, that's the challenging part. So this was a lot of fun. Um, I do want to address the fact that there was a question on here about and there's a few questions that I'm not able to get to. And I'll just say mainly because they are not within my scope. So, you know, like, um, you know, having an injury and, and needing suggestions on that, um, stuff like that is just not within my scope. So I apologize. I don't want you to feel like I'm ignoring your questions. I read all of the questions. I select the ones that I feel like are the most relevant to my area of expertise and what I know can be helpful for you guys. So just wanted to throw that out there. But anyway, hopefully this was helpful. As always, if you enjoyed it, let me know about it. Take a screenshot, post it to your stories, tag me on Instagram at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And I will talk to you guys very soon.